0: This is the DTV Digest, the podcast that brings you news and reviews of films which didn't make it to the cinema.
1: And now, here's your host, Mike Parkin. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the DTV Digest, the podcast which brings you reviews of films which didn't make it to the cinema and instead went straight to DVD, Blu-ray, and streaming media. I'm your host, Mike Parkin, and joining me this week are Richard Hawes. Hello, everybody. And Stephen Lockeridge. Hello. And this week we have the Mark Dacascos zombie movie, The Driver. Uh, Then we have the true life um, espionage tale, A Call to Spy. Then a bit of uh, French-Canadian godfathering with Mafia Inc. Our short shot this week is Companion Shop. And our DTV throwback is the Alicia Silverstone movie, True Crime. So, without any further ado, let's crack on. Our first review then is The Driver. In a zombie-filled post-apocalypse, an assassin acts as protector to a small community of survivors. When their compound is attacked, he has to flee with his daughter to find another sanctuary called Haven. Uh, so this was shot in Indonesia a couple of years ago. I think it goes by another name as well. Rich um, Zombie Kill or something, or um, Hitman Undead. I think is the title.
0: Oh, is it? I'm not familiar with the uh, with that alternate title. Uh,
1: yeah. Uh, anyway, so uh, it's it's Mark um driving a nice BMW, and uh, he's sort of acting as the enforcer for this sort of uh, this this compound, this commune. Um, and when we see him at the beginning, they're sort of um, dealing with someone who was stealing supplies. And he's basically given the choice of either taking a bullet to the head or f- uh, fending for himself against some zombies. Um, and then so we, we get an idea of what's going on um, and, and so on and so forth. So I'm just going to throw it open. I don't want sort to of give too much plot details away yet until we've had a chance to talk about it. Uh, Steve, what do you make of the driver? Um, not bad. It's an
2: hour and a half episode of The Walking Dead, basically. In a car. Um, <laughs> yeah, in a car. Yeah, It's like the one before the last of the series, if you know what mm. I mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, it's enjoyable. Um, the performances are quite good. The little girl's not the best in the world. Mm. I think she could...
1: That's Mark Dacascos' actual daughter I believe as well. Yeah. Um... Okay, yeah, only on the DeCascos.
2: <laughs> I won't say any more. Then Max will keep me but... yeah. <laughs> Um Yeah, it, it goes through every every kind of Walking Dead cliche going, and but it's enjoyable. Um, the ending is no big twist, really. You, you know what's coming a mile off as usual. Um, it's well shot well-filmed. <clears throat> I can't really say any more about going into the plot, really, but mm. the only thing that annoyed me was, I mean, you'll probably say this yourselves, when they do break into the compound at the beginning and they find out who's behind it and the reason that he gives <laughs> was just... I'm like, come on, yeah. seriously.
1: Yeah, I know. There's no
2: need for
0: that, but...
2: Yeah, it's okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, Rich, over to you. Well, I didn't think it was well shot and well filmed, <laughs> and I didn't I didn't think much of it at all, really. Um, the uh, the whole theme of it, you know, the apocalypse and zombies and whatever, has been so done to death that this doesn't bring anything really new to it, and I felt the film although it's called The Driver and, you know, he's driving his car and stuff, I felt that the pace of the film was actually rather pedestrian. It was really slow. I mean, there's a, there's a whole bit at the beginning of the film where it's quite, well, there's two things. He's got this, like, slow narration that he does throughout the movie that starts off, so it's it's a sort of a languid pace. And then he starts cleaning his car and it's like, almost like a slow motion cleaning his car scene for like what seems like two minutes and uh I was just like oh god <laughs> I was like, is this what we're in for I, I think it looks quite cheaply shot I think it was cheaply shot made in uh, a shot in Thailand and it's got like a, a shot on video kind of look to it Probably like digital cameras or something um Mark Dacascos is definitely the best thing in it uh, and f- mm. for me, it's more the trivia of the movie than the movie itself that's interesting. The fact that it's kind of a family affair that he's reunited on screen with his wife Julie Condra, who he met when they made *Crying Freeman* in 1995, uh, and obviously their daughter Noalani in it as well—not her first acting role, but like probably a, one of her first bigger acting mm. roles. Um, it's just more of a family drama kind of thing really um there's not a lot of action in it the cuscos doesn't get to do a huge amount uh the it reminded me a lot of when he did i am omega which was the i am legend knockoff that he did for the asylum similar kind of thing post you know you know zombie future kind of thing um the supporting actors were terrible starting with that guy who uh steve was just mentioning who's who's like the betrayer character uh, they were just all really lame i thought uh I, I, oh the zombies geez man the zombies are terrible <laughs> so we've got running zombies and they just kind of flail around they're not really um, they don't really have much impact uh, as far as I was concerned you know the, certainly not compared to something like The Resort uh, mm. which we, we covered yeah. on a, an early episode of The, of the Digest um, the film was directed by uh, I'm going to struggle with his name uh, which Chaos Ayanada chaos no, no, so I see I can't do it but he's better known as Chaos mm. now he directed uh, ballistic x versus yeah, that's right with, yeah yeah with with uh, yeah. antonio banderas which was basically uh, his big shot that was his hit, that was his chance mm. to hit the big time in hollywood and it's just you know we all know that it didn't turn out very well and uh, he basically didn't direct a film for another 10 years almost or something like that and uh, he's He's putting out quite a lot lately. He did one with Scott Adkins a few years yeah. ago and I think he, he also he's made uh, one night in Bangkok also with Mark Dacasco I can't remember, I'm not sure which one they did first. but yeah so he's he's, he's churning them out. He's clearly got a, a formula and, and you know a group of people in that that he's working to, to to get these out. But the quality for me just just isn't there especially with I mean Dakascus has done quite a lot of subpar movies. And uh, this is unfortunately one of the worst that I've seen for my money, apart from him being a great, I mean, as you would expect, he's been around for a long time. He's got a great presence. He's, you know, he knows exactly what to do, but he's, he's stuck in this, you know, with this bad material and the, the, in this really low budget and the bad green screen or whatever, when they're driving the car and that. So uh, there's a nice cameo at the end, or, you know, almost considered a cameo if you know who he is so it's
1: it's a shame it's a shame they put his name in the credits was really. it was it at the beginning yeah they, they put his the, name yeah the his, his name's in the beginning
0: um oh because I, I i missed that all, yeah um thankfully because <laughs> that was a nice that was that <laughs> was a nice surprise really so yeah uh he turns up uh so i'll hand it over. i've got a few other things to say but i'll mm-hmm. hand it over back to you guys uh
1: well, I'm I'm kind of stuck between the two of you. Um, okay, so so a couple of things um, that did annoy me. One is the narration. Um, it just wasn't needed at all. Um, you know, we we can see what's going on. We, we're savvy enough as as film watchers to to sort of you know he's he's not giving any great insights to his character or anyone else really that he's not conveying through his acting. Um, also, the credits go on for like 10 minutes into the film. You know, they just keep coming and coming. You yeah, know, it's... quite slow.
0: But it's, that's, that's what mm. I say, it's got this real slow pace to it. Mm. It's like everything takes a really long time. The scenes are much longer than they really need to be. It's all padding, I think. I don't know.
1: There's a lot of padding, mm. but I, I enjoyed the raid on the compound. I thought that was actually pretty good. So, you've got a mixture of like, you know, the, these these marauders coming in and also these sort of zombies now getting in on, on the action as well. Um, I thought that was actually pretty well done. Um, yeah, there's sort of some of the father daughter bits, like when he's teaching her how to use a gun and then sort of takes her out onto this hill to start shooting zombies. I thought that was not too bad. Um, there's, there's a bit where they get stopped by a barricade with some raiders. Um, it's, it's, it's just the, the way that he takes them out. I thought was just, you know, just really, really smart. As, as I say countless times, I always love it when bad guys underestimate um, their their quarry. So, it, so that was a pretty cool little bit. Um, and and at the end, yeah, I, I, you know, it followed through on it on its. Um, on, on its setup, basically, you know, it followed it through to the end. Um, it is interesting, you know, we're talking about sort of the car being cleaned and everything, you know, and, uh, and that whole scene. Clearly, there was a deal with BMW somewhere in this. <laughs> oh, God, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Considering know, but, how
0: dusty it is, it's very, very shiny. <laughs> it's very, very shiny, <laughs> yeah.
1: but not only that, nothing happens to the car. Nothing happens to the car. And when something is supposed to happen to the car, it's done off-screen, you know, um, so yeah, that that it was obviously in the contract. It's probably underlined in bold at the bottom, sort of saying, you know, <laughs> we want this back in one piece. Mind, come on, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but yeah. it probably only had the one basically for the whole film. Um, so yeah, I'm, as I said, I'm sort of 50-50 on this one. I'm, I I did quite enjoy it um, for all its yeah, little mean, flaws and things. Don't get wrong, it's not
2: brilliant, you know,
1: but it's just. There passes the
2: time quite nicely. Not not, not going overboard with it, but it, it
1: wasn't terrible. I don't think. Yeah,
0: wasn't amazing. How did you feel about sort of towards the end where they intro- just suddenly introduced those? Oh, two dropped characters? in
1: two new characters oh, yeah, yeah. for the last five minutes. Yeah, who've got yeah. absolutely no chance of any sort of character development or anything. Yeah, that was a bit unfortunate. Um, but at the same time, it was. I think it was necessary to bring in another ally as it were mm. it's a sort of, you know there's a bit of sort of you know uh, torch bearing sort of being passed from one to the other isn't it yeah yeah um, it was yeah and i think it's it's not that kind of move it's it's not the road shall we say mm. basically you know <laughs> and they couldn't leave a, a certain character having a certain amount of uncertainty as to her fate, you know I, I think Mark Dacascos' character he, he needs to know that she's you know in, in safe hands as it were
0: yeah so as yeah, to exactly. that as, as to that so the those two characters that are suddenly introduced mm.
1: uh,
0: i can I can explain a little bit more about what's happened there <clears> uh, from basically not from uh, knowing it before but from the Trivia that I've looked mm. up afterwards.
1: Was oh, just the fact that it was meant to be a trilogy.
0: Exactly. This is the second in a series, uh, uh, the first film focused on those two characters, Sylvia and Rose. Uh, uh, but but this one was released first. Yes. So the, the the other one was made first, but this has been released first. Um, so the first film, uh, which I think was originally called Two of Us, is called Dead Earth now. Although mm. on IMDb, it's actually listed twice. It's listed, there's Dead Earth listed and Paradise Z listed. They're both exactly the same movie. (laughs) From what I can tell, there's trailers for both but, you know, you watch both trailers and you can see the footage, it's the same um, from from each of them. So yeah, so they're on a um, they're staying at like a retreat in Thailand, I think, and uh, the apocalypse unfolds and all sorts of stuff. So we meet those he's meeting those characters around, uh, you know, following or around the time Mm. of those events taking place so one film feeds into the others. Uh, that's the idea and then the third film uh, which hasn't been made yet is intended to be a uh, uh called the rider uh, and star uh, kane kusugi uh
1: uh-huh. that's cool. what they're planning anyway that's whether the they plan. actually yeah. whether they actually
0: complete the trilogy or not or no, i don't know but i think the first the the first film sounds perhaps a bit more, not a bit more interesting, but um, perhaps I'd have lower mm.
1: expectations
0: of it because I wouldn't be expecting it. Yeah, you wouldn't know who's, you yeah. don't
1: know the people in it. Whereas yeah. the, you can see why they released this one first. It's because of Mark Dacascos and, you know, wanting to get his name out there, I guess.
0: Yeah, well, this is the first film he made following John Wick 3. He basically mm. went from straight from John Wick 3 off to make this.
1: And yeah. then, uh, he obviously, you obviously needed a rest <laughs> <laughs> after John Wick three. I'm not surprised. But it's always, but it's a shame when you know what he's capable of mm. to
0: not get. I mean, that was this was always a problem with the with most of his films. So drive being like the apex mm. of you know one of the uh, yeah. Brotherhood high of the points wolves. in his career mm. and Brotherhood of the Wolf and everything. You know when when he's got a good director and a great you know great choreographer and that the, mm. the you know the magic that can happen. But for the most part. De Cuscus's films do not have the luxuries of those things, yeah. so therefore they're, you know, very throwaway mm-hmm. uh, as a rule. Uh, is, and the fact that this, you know, is called the driver and it makes you think of drive and remember, you know, ha- what what great films he did, has made in the past. For me, is uh, something that, mm-hmm. you know is detrimental. I don't think they should have called it the driver. I think it's not the right title for the movie. No, um, no it just so. sets up sets up different kind of expectations and stuff especially yeah. the American poster which shows no horror imagery at all <laughs> no. just just him holding a gun Jeez. yeah anyway
1: uh, scores on the doors Rich I'm going to have to only give this one a four of a fade four okay Steve Uh six yeah I'm going to join you on a six for this one um, before we leave this, I just want to sort of segue into um, One Night in Bangkok, which is the same director um, mm. and the Gascos, which, which I saw um, last month. Um, it's a much better film. It's a smaller film because it, it basically centres around Mark de Cascos coming to Bangkok, getting into a Uber, shall we say, um, and just being driven around it by by this lady to various points, where we, we we learn, she doesn't, that he's um, going in and killing people um, on, on this sort of killing spree. Um, collateral, then. It, sounds, oh, yeah, a, yeah, it yeah. does sound a lot like collateral, <laughs> um, but it is different to collateral in, in many ways. Uh, it's much more of a character study. It's not sort of action-packed or anything like that. The driving bits are a lot more sort of tranquil because obviously she's not aware for a lot of the film what's actually going on. Um, and we sort of find out what what is going on. And funny enough, that also has um, I think it's Ke- yeah Kane Kasugi turns up in mm-hmm. that one as well. So it which was, is it was quite interesting. Um, yeah, it, it's it's a character study which is sort of um, studied every now and again with with a sort of short burst of action. So uh, is De Kascos the main character, or is he is he... the main character, and he's yeah. playing someone. Um, you know, quite a bit older uh, as well. He, he's, uh, you know, in he this a sort bit stubbly of... on his. On yeah, his, exactly. His, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he looks a bit different to, to normal. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, it's 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 very good. Yeah, a um, lot less ter- derivative than you might think. So anyway, that is two sixes and a four for the driver. But if you get the chance, check out One Night in Bangkok as well. Our next review is A Call to Spy. At the beginning of World War II, the British become desperate. Churchill orders his new spy agency, the Special Operations Executive, to recruit and train women as spies. Their daunting mission, conduct sabotage and build a resistance in Nazi-occupied Europe. So this, um, it focuses on the true life exploits of three women in particular, um, Vera Atkins, and Virginia Hall, who was a um, sort of a deep deep operative in France, and a um, an Indian lady called Noor Inyat Khan, um, who's a Muslim pacifist and uh, radio operator. Uh, and you know, I, I went back and I'd look through uh, Wikipedia this afternoon and sort of read what actually happened to these people, and and. Although a fictionalised account, it does sort of get most of the details correct. Uh, Rich, over two for this one.
0: Yeah, I think uh, it, the, the um, feeling for me was a kind of the uh, the way I picture it is a kind of, I like the movie, but it was more what the movie opened up. So like you like you were saying, uh, I was going to Wikipedia or whatever to look up more information and try trying to verify you know what there was about these characters and stuff and who they were in real life and as you know I discovered that they were the the characters were as they were presented and they were using their same names and everything so that was quite fascinating that we've got a uh, um, these very interesting stories that have never been told before um, it, the, the uh, Virginia Hall has been the subject of several autobiographies there were yeah there were not autobiographies sorry several biographies there were three last year alone one of which was wow. called um, a woman of no importance that's probably the main one and daisy ridley has been attached to a film adaptation of that one although nothing has materialized yet mm. as far as i'm aware um but yeah she you look into her background and she's got quite a fascinating uh, history so she's got a wooden leg so she wanted to be a diplomat and because of that disability she wasn't able to um to take on that role and then she was approached to, to do this work for SOE and so she becomes a, an American working for the Brits uh, in France and then she went on to be the first female agent in the CIA uh, yeah. which was quite astounding. Uh, Nor is um, an interesting character, she was um, uh, she was she's the one that served less well by this film i felt mm. um because i guess part of i think part of the problem is of the film they've tried to, they've done these two parallel stories uh and with, with various um um cutbacks to command you know to, to london and that and that, so they're trying to fit a lot in i think i would been i would have been more interested in seeing a film that focused on nor uh because she's such, you know, as a, as an Indian, she's such a unique character to have in a, in a wartime film. Uh, I think, whereas they've, Virginia Hall is obviously got that exciting, more exciting aspect uh, to, to her life. And uh, unfortunately, Nor's, Nor's life ended rather uh, in a, you know, rather terrible fashion uh, mm-hmm. as you'll find out in the, in the film, but the, they it almost seems like they kind of went the safe route by focusing on a white woman, basically a woman, an American as well. You know, much more sort of a commercial potential there. Um, but we've also got Vera Atkins, who's uh, who's uh, a Roma- who's their handler essentially, mm-hmm. and she's a Romanian Jew. So it's it's a film about women. Be you know women spies in World War Two, but also you know the the contribution from other nations, you know, from other countries, uh, for, to the Allied war effort. You know, working under mm. Churchill, were all these women who were facing their own adversity due to the um, the you know the uh, disabilities or, or you know race issues or, or or you know just being a woman uh, that, that was uh, that was problematic, but. You know the, the the stories are amazing and uh linus roach is in there as Maurice buckmaster mm-hmm. and our old friend david shaw is there yeah. as colonel gubbins uh not an old friend of mine because i didn't mm. really know him but you guys you guys did, yes. did a lot of work with him back in the day that's and, right uh, yeah and so yeah so i did like it but it's more of a opening the box kind of movie for me it's kind of i want to i want to find out more mm. and i felt the same when we saw the spy do you remember the yeah, yeah. film? The Spir-
1: Spir- yeah, the film? yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah there, there are some sort of really interesting details to this. Uh, there's there's a bit where um, Vera f- first arrives in France and orders a, a gin in this cafe. And everyone just stares at her like, what the fuck? Um, and it turns out that yeah, a new law had just been passed saying you can't drink alcohol on, on Sundays. You know, and of course, well, surely you should know this because you're a French person, young lady. You know, <laughs> <laughs> um, Funny enough, there, there was this, uh, there was another sort of true life thing like that, where this guy went in, you know, uh, was there, dropped into France, his, his French was impeccable and all the rest of it. He goes into um, a cafe, orders um, a coffee and is immediately arrested because he asked for a, ca- a coffee with milk and in this particular village, milk was um, prohibited to the locals. It was only to be used by the by the Germans. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, yeah, if you if you've been here, you'd you'd know this sort of thing, you know. Um, which I think is one of the reasons they did all these different rule changes to sort of try and sort of trip people up. But uh, yeah, so it's an interesting detail. What was actually quite enlightening for me <clears throat> um, was the sort of prejudice that. Um, Atkins herself faced, um, even though she was, you know, sort of well, well well-respected as a spy handler and, and, you know, she's done various sort of work for her boss. But because she was Jewish, um, even in England, there there was this sort of huge um, stigma over that. And and I'm I'm sort of watching this. I'm thinking, it's almost as if we had bought into the same propaganda that the Germans were selling about the jews you know it, it, so where where is the disconnect where where is where is the line drawn uh, and and in this film you can't see it you know it's it, it's it was it was you know that that level of prejudice was 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 still there yeah well um, i
0: think there's a lot of um, you know around that time and still mm. you know still you know there, there is institutional racism and you know again uh anti-semitism was pretty rife i think mm. back then uh, as was uh where the other forms of racism but the um because the whole thing about world war you know getting involved in the war was not to protect the jews it was really more it was just about stopping hitler it wasn't really about
1: yeah absolutely trying just to make sure that trying we... to look
0: after protect anyone it was, it was always about protecting our you mm. know our nation's own interests in my view as that's that's, mm-hmm. that's no, how I, totally I agree that's how i see things yeah. it's but um... but
1: in our sort of more enlightened times you know mm. i i think that that sort of narrative has probably been edited a little bit you know we, we're the good guys of course we weren't sort of anti-semitic and everything like that so but no actually yeah um it wasn't much different but yeah this you know this isn't um this isn't mission impossible or anything like that it's it's um but at the same time it's not sort of genteel you know that there is there is some suspense and tense scenes and things going on um you know the, the um the threat of being captured is rife all the way through the film mm. for, for for these people um yeah, it's, it's, it's just really, really well done, I think, overall. The only issue I really had was Steiner um accent.
0: What? Why, why, why is that? Because it because it's it, sort of a bit of a wandering accent?
1: It, a little bit, yeah. It was just, especially in the early scenes, it took a while for my ears to get used to it. Eventually, I sort of picked up on it fine, but I think her, her first introductory scene... Her accent is is very strange. I, know,
0: I uh, kind of I felt like oh she was going for, like for the proper uh, stiff upper lip you know yes e- e- that's you know, right English accent Br- mm. British accent or English accent and um, but then every now and again she tries to add in a little bit of flavour to mm. show that she's Romanian
1: yeah oh that might be it yeah it might be that that might be you know but but anyway. Um, I liked Radhika Apt
0: uh, as uh, Noor, she was, yes, yeah, I've seen her good. before, she's actually um, looking at her IMDB, she's not really done many uh, English language movies, she's done a lot of uh, Indian Bollywood stuff, mm-hmm. uh, as, as you might as you know, might expect, but I think she's not, um, I don't think she's British, is she, uh, where's she from, uh, yeah, so I think she yeah she so she is from india mm-hmm. uh, and yeah i thought she she was really um uh you know they could have gone for like a like a really glamorous kind of uh you know portrayal sure. but she's she's very relatable i think you know she's got um she's got a sort of girl next door kind of look about her uh, and you know re- can be quite relatable whereas uh, i think the the actress playing uh, the main character, Sarah Megan Thomas, mm. is m- much more of a uh, a typical heroine, I would say, for 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 a film.
1: Possibly, yeah. Uh, yeah um... She looks like she reminds me of Rooney Mara. That's who. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely right because. You know, watching this, I'm thinking, I've seen her in stuff before. I'm sure I have, and I couldn't place it. And I looked at her IMDb page, and I'm going, nope, I can't, can't see yeah, it. Her but, but you're absolutely right. Um, yeah, she does have a striking resemblance to Rudy Mara. But definitely. Um, okay, so this, this was an interesting film. It's, it's just over two hours long. Um, it's, it's very well put together. The period detail looks really great. Um, how are you going to score this, Rich?
0: Uh, I am going to score this one. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to go 7 out of 10 on this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say that there's uh, there's another film about uh, female SOE agents, which was made in 2008, French film called Female Agents, which if you're looking for something a bit more bombastic, mm. then that's well worth checking out. It's got Sophie Marceau and Julie Dole. Uh, Julie. I've Debugger.
1: heard of it. I haven't actually seen it's it. Very I well. I remember seeing the trailer for it?
0: Yeah. Very well worth seeing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm. I revolver released it back in the day. That's longer. That's two and a half hours. <laughs> that's right. right. Yeah, it was. It was a good movie. But yeah, this one, it's it's fine, but uh, it's you know it's it's it doesn't offer a huge amount of excitement, but it does open the door on some very interesting bits of uh, biographical history.
1: Yeah, and, and I think also because it's based on a true story and it is sort of sticking to the facts, it hasn't really got any oomph to the ending um, as, as such. You know, th- things do sort of wind up and, you know, and they're able to sort of put a, sort of, um, you know, a caption card on the end to sort of say what happened. But um, yeah, you know, they, they stick to the facts, you know, to the story they sort of try to tell. Uh, they don't really sort of try and embellish it too much. Um, I kind of felt
0: that the um the character, the main character is kind of in, you know, one of the main characters, I say, is in a certain situation, hmm. and then, oh, all of a sudden, they're they're in a completely different place. <laughs> it's yeah, like the, it's different. it was like, whoa, that's that's really jumped forward. I mean, they, it has a really bit, yeah. Uh, but but then that
1: with. that 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 sequence could have been a whole movie in itself. It could have indeed. You know, yeah. uh, that's
0: what but, I mean. I think the problem is there's too much in the movie. I think there's. Mm. they've used these three characters to put them all together and and by having these sort of parallel stories going on i think each of them on their own would be a fascinating subject like Mm. like that like sonia vigar was uh in in that film yeah Yeah. so i'd like to see more about these characters individually in future uh, adaptations of their life stories if possible Um, oh there is I'm i'm sorry i just want to say in terms of movies about women being trained as or Project uh, productions about women being trained As spies and stuff in the wartime There's a Russian television series called Spies uh, on Amazon Prime Which is well Worth a look uh, if, if you're into Sort of serious television of, of, uh, oh. from, uh, About uh, the, about Wartime and from the sort of Russian Perspective because uh, those that's That does a similar thing you know It's, uh, it's they're not real ca- As far as I know they weren't based on real characters But the series follows their journeys from very different mm. backgrounds and uh, yeah i'd like to see a, a british sort of production about these characters that was like that more than this film because it's kind of a bit although it's two hours you know it is a bit rushed because there is so much to try to cover mm. do you know what i mean yeah
1: well i'm joining you on a seven for this one yeah, i i did enjoy it it's very entertaining, uh, very enlightening, as, we, as, we, as you've heard. Um, so, yeah, A Call to Spy is out soon. Go check it out. Our next review is Mafia Inc. Uh, Vince Gamache is an up-and-coming mobster, friend to the Paterno family in Montreal when he devises a heinous way of smuggling drugs he falls foul of their sense of honour and is banished but due to his connections to Giacomo Paterno is allowed to live now this may turn out to be a costly mistake okay guys so this is basically a French Canadian version of The Godfather Um, it has all the hallmarks of a sort of pr- pretty decent sort of Mafia movie. Um, I'm going to throw this over to Steve to begin with.
2: Right. I shall make the admission that I'm not a big fan of gangster movies in general. <laughs> yeah, it's never, re- never really been my thing, but I must admit this was enjoyable, pretty good for obviously it's sprawling. It's too long as they always are. Um, what was it, like, was
1: it two, two and a half, and a half hours? Was, yeah, two hours, ten yeah. minutes.
2: But I thought all the fobs was great, especially Frank. Uh, Sergio Cast- Castellino-Lito mm-hmm. as Frank. Um, I thought it was great. Nicest pie, one minute, bang, into the rage, next minute. Turn off on the charm. I thought he was he was brilliant. The beginning bit threw me for a loop as well, mm-hmm. um, because you've got like, the meeting about building the bridge, and then yeah, you know, is it Venezuela? Yeah, which the is part amazing. of Venezuela, which isn't really mentioned until about halfway through. Mm-hmm. Again, so it, it takes its time getting to where it, it you know it gets to um cause to me that's the crux of the film is the banishment of a certain character and how how he's banished and the ramifications of everything like that after after that part but yeah it's solid enjoyable really well shot um I think they've scored everything they put out of the budget. It's it's well done. It's just not really my kind of thing in the end. Hmm.
1: Rich, over to you. Yeah, I did it was it's one of those films
0: that is just so uh, everything's sort of as it needs to be and sort of so it, it plays itself out in you know perfect, you know, it's perfectly serviceable and well-made and everything but it's the kind of movie that i watch and i don't really take notes for so it's it's it was really good it was very well shot and stuff the um i was glad the guy uh vince lost his mustache about an hour in (laughs) because that mustache was driving driving me crazy it looked so stuck on but the uh um but yeah that it's it does start out quite confusing with you know all the stuff about the bridge and and then this uh orchestrated accident uh, involving a bus of school children uh, which becomes sort of like the the heart of the, um, uh, the, the of sort of the as you say, lots sort of at the crux of of, of a lot of the um, action as as the film sort of takes place. You know, sort of the impact of uh, the revelation and and things. This is uh, based on true events, so a bit like a Call to Spy was. It's based on a, a non-fiction book, which was also called Mafia Inc uh, It's about the uh, real life crime family, uh, in uh, Sicilian crime family in uh, Montreal. Uh, so, when I was researching it afterwards, it, it turns out that Canada does have a big organized crime, you know, issue. There's lots of, mm. there's always stories in the press and stuff. But they don't make many gangster movies. It's just not something they generally do. So I this
1: wonder is...
0: why. <laughs> so no, I mean, this was I didn't. This was as good as any American gangster movie. I would say, as, mm. at least a, as far as yeah. sort of number ones go. Personally, I think the French gangster movies are probably. I mean, I know this is French, this is French Canadian, but mm. um, there's some really good French gangster movies out there of recent years, which um, uh, I've enjoyed more. The, this is more. This isn't got any sort of big bombastic scenes. Or again, it's it's kind of more uh, like Steve was saying. It's kind of a sprawling. Almost family saga, basically, yeah. but it's about two families, then uh, how they sort of connect to each other, basically through through the relationship between um, uh, uh, one of the guys, uh, one of the sons of the Godfather, mm. and the uh, brother, or, uh, sorry, the sister of uh, a wannabe gangster, uh, yep. Vincent, he, he wants to be a you know, wants to be a, mad, a made man, made all that sort of thing, he wants to get himself noticed. Um, So there's all the sort of play interplays and stuff that happen. Now there's a key point in the movie where somebody gets assassinated, and uh, Vince's sister is in the firing line, Hmm. and he's basically been responsible for that. But they they don't mention it. There's no impact around it. Like he he doesn't. They don't do a scene where he he sort of goes, Oh no, I nearly killed my sister or anything like that. <laughs> which I thought was really odd. But maybe that was by oh. design that he's that cold a character. I don't know.
2: No, but yeah, but later on he, he he says he says to her, don't know. Sorry, just before that, when she finds out about what happened in Venezuela, he says to her, You need to choose, you need to choose a side.
0: Mm. Yeah, and yeah, that's fair.
2: With the ending, mm. you know yes. which side she chose. Exactly. Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah, uh, I think, yeah. yeah. I think I you think she sort of makes it quite clear what she thinks of him right at the end.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I still think that that in the reality, the reality of it was would that he would,
1: he might he would know. have felt
0: some regret. Maybe. Well, I think not, he would have maybe. found out. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. it was quite a big thing. It would have been in all the, um, you know, they would all been talking about it and stuff. Anyway, but I suppose there's only so much you can cover in, in, in a in a film. Let's say this is a a good uh, 143 minutes long. Yeah. The, the film. Um, yeah. Sorry, gone. Doesn't drag in my view. I think the pacing's quite good. Uh, There's a lot of characters, and you're spending uh, the same with Call to Spy, you know, you're spending Mm. different amounts of time with different characters. Vince is kind of there, then he's not, and then he's kind of there again, then he disappears. And I I watched The Dark Knight Rises recently, and I was thinking how the format, the structure of movies like this and Christopher Nolan's last two Batman movies are basically, you know, they are crime films yeah, mm-hmm. but with the superhero element thrown in. And the Dark Knight, I was almost thinking like the Dark Knight Rises and is almost, you know, so Batman comes in, uh, then you know Bane breaks his back and whatever, and he, he disappears out of the movie for a bit and then he comes back. And, and I was kind of seeing that Vince's storyline was kind of a bit like that, that, you know, he, he's coming in, an, an incident takes him out of the action, puts him on the sidelines, and then he's going to come back for the finale but he doesn't really very much he, he does in mm-hmm. the end but still there's not a huge amount of emphasis on him it, the, the, the majority of the film seems to be focused on uh, the godfather of the, the family I feel like we spent more time with him yeah. than, than anyone else he's a very charismatic guy very good character but ultimately his his story doesn't really go very far mm-hmm. um it's mm-hmm. uh, it, it's a uh, he, he, he's he's basically just worried about this. Uh, they're trying to. There's this convoluted deal going on with money transfers and stuff, which can be a bit hard to follow sometimes. But uh, he's just worried about trying to get that respectability, and uh, you know things standing in his way for that. But r- the they have to come back to Vince at the end for some sort of payoff, for 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 some sort of conclusion yeah. to it. I felt so. Yeah. The um. Um. Yeah. So I did like it. Uh, it's from a director who is whose name is Daniel Grew, also known. I don't know if he was cred, what he was credited on the film as because I didn't know this, but he's he's got the nickname Pods. Uh, I don't know. What, I don't know what that means, but that, that's that's most people know him by that. He works on a TV. Uh, he's done a number of projects, but he did a TV mm. series called Cardinal, which I think yeah. is quite well known. Yeah.
1: Pretty sure I've seen that. That's a detective That's, series. Detective series set in Montreal, I think.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, quite a freaky one. What oh, was it? Yeah. Yeah, quite a, quite a sort of violent. Well, yeah, gruesome. But anyway, yeah, um, done a lot on Vikings as well, isn't he? Um, one of the things. Um, so, yeah, two and a half hours long. I wasn't prepared for that. I must have this afternoon to watch. <laughs> It's only two hours
0: fifteen if you take the credit.
1: Okay, but even so, um, (laughs) it was um, it was very well done. Um, Yeah, the character of Vince isn't sort of your typical hero, is he? He's not sort of typical.
0: Definitely not. No, no, no.
1: uh, Jesus, no. um, You know, even when he isn't sort of like um, sort of making sort of school kids disappear, he's sort of just shooting people just for the hell of it. Um, whereas Jack Giacomo is is sort of more the sort of upstanding sort of almost like Michael Corleone character isn't he Um, in this there there are some great scenes like um, you know when when it turns out this guy Caleb is actually sort of ripping them off of 180 million dollars and they they sort of burst into his boardroom to sort of um, have a go that that was Mm -hmm. uh, pretty cool Um, yeah, yeah he ends up yeah, he does end up sort of in a sort of nasty way, I think. Mm. Um, yeah, doesn't shy away from the violence um, at all. There's one particular character they um, they find that just can't keep his mouth shut, <laughs> and <laughs> even even though he's like a made man and all this sort of stuff, it's like no, he's, he's got to go. Well,
0: they call him yeah. Yap Yap
1: for a reason. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so it's some interesting little bits, like, you know, the, the coded message that the butcher gives to it. so I would, uh, you know, tell him that um, it's a beautiful day or something, he'll know what it means. You think, oh my God, here we go. Um, yeah, so, so there's a few odds and ends like that all the way through. Yeah, the, that and, you know, it does, un- unlike, say, a call to spy, it gives us sort of that sort of big bombastic ending, um, you know, which, which is really cool. Um, mm-hmm. It shows, shows you what what a badass that Vince actually is. But there's a, there's a weird part in the middle of the film where, um you know, after a certain amount of retribution is sort of meted out as, as sort of some sort of justice for what what he did, then it sort of jumps back to 1980 because, it, because he's sort of going, oh, remember what I did for you, Jack, you know, all this sort of stuff. Mm. And then it sort of jumps back. And then we get sort of 10 15 minutes of, yeah. of like flashbacks. I um, did think yeah.
0: at that point, I thought, oh, what we've got here is a film that's okay, it's going to be an hour currently, and then mm. the second hour is going to be flashing back. <laughs> yeah. like, so it ended up mm. just being like a really long digression.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's like, well, this, right. this is why we didn't kill him, sort of thing, and we just beat the living shit out of him for a bit. Um, but there you go. Yeah, I, I I thought that payoff scene at the end was really cool, actually, as well, at the, the funeral. Yeah. Um, I, I really did like that. And, and as you say, you know, it shows you what. Well, after, after, after the, um, that assassination and she turns around to her fiancé and says, you know, your family is my family. And it's like, mm. yeah, she, she, you can tell that she's going to be a powerful figure within that family in the future, probably more, yeah. more than a husband's going to be. You know, she, she's stepping But yeah, well, that's the, the thing.
2: He, he's hardly in it, mm. really. He, you know, it's more based on the other brother who's doing the stuff. He's yeah, more exactly. like a bit like a silent partner in a way, you know, he just mm. gets on with what he's doing. <laughs> um,
1: Whatever that is and that might have been that yeah. might have been by design. You know, they might have said, "Oh, you know." Oh yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. T- take take a step back from the business, you know, um, so so the cops aren't all over you and all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah. Speaking Even of cops, the, um... yeah. Sorry, so, speaking speaking of cops, that's that's another aspect to this that we get is is the sort of investigation into. The family and you know we, we see the sort of level of surveillance that they're under and, and, and that sort of thing which which again you know is, is all really interesting um mm. but there you go scores on the doors for raffia inc i'm going to give this one a seven out of ten
0: yeah i think i'll join you on a seven yeah yeah i, I think it's a seven as well the, yes uh, I, another interesting aspect i thought was the um the dark di- the because of the setting in montreal it's a mixture of Italian, French and English. Mm. So, you, I mean, we don't necessarily pick up on the whether it's French or Italian being spoken at any one time, but it's quite interesting with the, that, it's, that they're in that environment where where there is their cultural mixing is taking place. It's very, at times it feels very yeah. Italian. You know, yeah. it feels like it could be in Italy. And then all of a sudden there's something really French thrown in <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like, oh, yeah. So it's, it's got that interesting setting yeah. about it.
1: And it's interesting with the subtitles as well, because sometimes you'll get, you get half a sentence pop up because they'll start saying something in Italian or French and then switch to English or, or vice versa. <clears further. throat> so, so you end up like half a sentence popping up in English. Go, oh, okay, right. <laughs> but it's actually really well done, I thought. Okay, so that is Mafia Inc. I'm not, I'm not sort of like sold on the title. I must admit. I didn't
0: quite get the title. I know it's sort of like the business of Mafia and the tribe thing, but I don't think it really... For me, it doesn't really...
1: No, it's not not DTV enough.
2: (laughs) No, but if you have a look at it, I mean, I think, to be honest, that the book it's based on is obviously quite big in in Canada, Mm. so you've got... Oh, fair enough.
1: Yeah, the movie of the films. Sorry, the movie of the books. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Anyway, this gets sevens all round from us. Uh, that's Mafia Inc. It'll be out soon. Check it out. <laughs> Our short shot this week is Companion Shop. Uh, difficulties arise when an elderly woman tries to return an artificially intelligent companion purchased at a 20% off sale. Um, okay so this is a relatively simplistic story um, basically it's a it's a sort of comedy sketch that we have here sort of transposing the idea of the sort of used car salesman into the world of something like or, or, almost like... Um, it's, it's almost like a fast show version of Blade Runner. You know, it's, 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 it's that sort of thing where this woman's gone in with a, with a 20% off coupon looking for a new companion. Um, things go wrong when she takes it back. Um, you know, she, she gets this sort of like smooth, silver-tongued sort of spiel from the guy. Um, how, how did you find this one, Steve?
2: Um, yeah, nice, gentle... Little piece of yeah, like I say, it's like a little comedy sketch really. But yeah, there's no, no big shocks, no big big things happening. It's quite simple, just quite gentle and mm. sweet, really, in a way.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, there's there's zero sort of special effects needed. It's sort it's all down to the acting of the characters. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's very well sort of self-contained. I think. Um, Rich, what do you think of
0: this one? I think the production, and the performances are great, but I was left thinking, is that it? You know, I did kind of think, what, what's the point? I think it was quite interesting. You read that uh, synopsis saying difficulties rise. You know about uh, mm. the elderly woman returning the thing because that happens at the very end. <laughs> that's mm. our, That's yeah. like the. That's like the the final bit. Uh, it's almost like that's the punchline. Of it, mm-hmm. and so that it seems odd that they would use that as a sort of like Pinopsis, a setup, uh, yeah, for the, yeah, for the thing. Because it's 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 really better to be a bit more general than that, and just say there's a shop, you know, that you can go in and you can buy these uh, androids uh, as companions. And it's all very well written, you know. So there's some nice ideas. It's, as uh, Steve was saying, it's very gentle. Mm. Um, yeah, there's not there's n- not a lot to it, but yeah, I mean we've cut co- we co- we've covered you know shorts that are essentially scenes or sketches or you know action sequences that that but really there's there's not a lot there, uh, but they they kind of apart from to sort of act as a showcase or as an introductory thing, this kind of shows that uh, director Ivan Jelisovic, Jelisovic Jelisovic has yeah. uh, has you know clear talents uh, and the, the cast of uh, which are a couple of uh, elderly people primarily well uh, the, there's the guy who's um, Stuart Walker as Anthony who's sort of doing the salesman uh, and Gilly Daniels as Mildred the elderly lady sort of coming in looking for a bargain it's quite interesting they don't really set up any of the, the world that mm. almost this is so common now <laughs> that you have these companions that mm. they just set them up in a sort of quite of a quite a basic shop and uh I mean I know part of that is due to budget limitations and things but you know she's coming in with with a, a discount coupon and you know a flyer to try and get something a bit cheaper it is, yeah. it's almost like that yeah. it's been around a while kind of <clears throat> it's not really that amazing anymore uh kind of that's how that's the impression I got yeah of it anyway well, so it, well,
1: it's, not... it's as you say I mean it's got to the point where they're offering coupons yeah. you know that, that's, yeah. that's that's where that sort of industry is and you know people having to resort to these sort of like um these little cheats, as it were as as to how to how to make their money out, out of it um yeah I, I i i like the concept and and as you say you know it is this sort of in ground um sort of concept in this world that yeah, you can just go down the high street and um there'll, there'll be a companion shop you yeah, know pop in for the have a look at the latest model, yeah. see what you think. Yeah,
2: you know, but they've So you know, kind of of it. Is it called
1: Humans on Channel Four? Oh yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. You know, like a short comedy version
0: of that, really.
2: Hmm.
0: You know, yeah. yeah, and yeah. The lady so, is for the lady, um, Gillie Daniels with Mildred. She was, you know, like I, was, I think I said before, you know, the performances are all really good. You know, the the hmm. the, the sales guy is quite smart. Mm-hmm. and whatever and, and the, the woman's quite either cheeky i was sort of looking for a, <laughs> a discount and whatnot mm-hmm. and uh, even Gregory uh, gregory cox's henry who's who's just got to be you know the uh, the companion droid as just you know just sort of following her around or, or you know just sort of reacting to things and stuff he was
1: yeah it's, it was a good he, he, he was performance because good. it yeah. was you know there was there an was effort there to make it look like his movements and, and and his cadence and everything did have mm. that element of artificialness to it you know um which which, which helped i think sell it because you know as, as i said there's zero special effects or sort anything of going on here um it's, it's all purely down down to the performances to pull it off so so i thought that was really good um yeah i mean overall as i, as I said at the top you know this this it's like a sketch from the Fast Show or Henry, Harry Enfield. That's that's what it felt like to me. You know, it, it would easily fit into one of those sort of TV shows, you know, effortlessly. I think um, as, as a short, I think I think it's okay. I, th- I think it um, does a good job of selling the story. You know, selling something bigger than it is. Um, but, yeah, so, so that is it, basically. We'll put the link in the footnotes so you can check it out. I think it's only about five, six minutes long.
0: Eight minutes long, yeah.
1: Eight minutes long, yeah. It was, um, it was filmed last year in London, apparently. Um, but, yeah, it was really, really good. Um, and, and, obviously, if you like this, you know, perhaps check out some of uh, Ivy's other work, uh, which uh, you'll probably be able to find a link to on her IMDb page. Our DTV throwback this week is true crime. Uh, Mary is a precocious high school senior who longs to be a cop. When a classmate's sister dies and the case remains unsolved, Mary becomes obsessed and gets involved in the investigation. Um, now, Rich, I, you know, as usual, when we do the DTV throwback, and despite considering myself quite a well, shall we say, well-read DTV person, well watched, well read Anyway, um, I'd never seen this Again, you know um, of, of the many films we, we cover On the uh, DTV throwback section um, y- You seem to sort of drag these films Out of nowhere, weird <laughs> had, um, had you heard of it? I don't think I had I really don't think um... I had heard of this before So yeah, this stars It, it, is, a, least... it is a
0: le- it is a lesser mm-hmm. s- film from the From this period of Silverstone's career
1: yeah, so this is Alicia yeah, Silverstone, um, doing a very convincing high school um, person, I thought. Don't know how old she was at the time. And uh, Kevin Dillon, who uh, we also know from The Blob, I suppose, about I five years. Hmm? Love The Blob. Yeah, I thought you said, for a moment, I thought he said, not The Blob, and I thought, oh, God, oh, got No, one? no,
0: I said, I love The Blob. <laughs> the Blob's great. Yeah. <laughs>
1: but, oh, God, here we go. Another classic. Typical Mike crack, uh, cock up. No, no he's yes, better, well, he, he he's better known work,
0: now yeah. from Entourage,
1: but, but he, was, right. he was quite the teen idol back in the mm. back in the day. Yes, yeah. younger brother of Matt, of course. So, yes. Yeah. Um, okay, so yeah, this is this. It, it's you know, it's, it's got a bit of a TV movie feel to it. I think. Overall, but Alicia Silverson's really good, in it? You know, is this sort of, as it says, you know, quite precocious sort of uh, young woman, almost like a Velma Dinkley, basically. You know, uh, w- w- wants to solve mysteries. She listens to the sort of police band on the, on the radio in a in a in a, um, a house in a, in a room. And uh, yeah, so um, yeah, Rich, over to you. Right,
0: uh, well, this is. Uh... Uh, a, a film that was released on uh, High Flyers video 1996, made I, believe, I think 1994 originally came out in America in 1995, uh, written and directed by Pat Verducci, who's, uh, it's her sole feature uh, production, she's actually better uh, known as a writing coach. So you go to uh, she works at universities and does all sorts and she's got a website and all that sort of thing. So where she gives writing tips and things and it's kind of funny of like those that it's it's that those that can't teach kind of thing feeling yeah. like it, you know yeah. without being too yeah. cruel about it you know it, she cites all oh, I wrote and directed uh, this film True Crime which wasn't a big hit it, it was you know pretty much snuck out DTV whereas it originally was going to be a, a cinema release and that and I don't think it's a great example of uh, a thriller Hmm. in terms of the way the characters are written and whatever it's pretty formulaic but uh, it's serviceable it's fine I remember it coming out and I saw it at the time didn't really remember anything about it so it's turned up on prime quite interested to revisit it Um, it's 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 definitely a lesser film this was say it was originally uh, 1995 now this was a big year for Silverstone because that's when Clueless came out uh, mm. she'd also, she, she did a, uh, a thriller called Hideaway uh, and she did another smaller film called The Babysitter so like 1995 she did all mm. these films and she was like becoming like the big star and then after that comes Batman and Robin and all that sort of stuff um, <laughs> so this one clearly they weren't quite sure about it uh, and it wasn't going, it was a low budget trimark film, low budget uh, they didn't put it into a lot of cinemas and over here uh, went you know largely unnoticed and um, being sold off mainly on the back of you know silverstone being uh, a star name now um, i think it's serviceable it's fine uh, it kind of wants to have its cake and eat it because it's like oh is he is he is he on the level or is, is he a suspect or whatever and hmm. it's like well, it's kind of dancing around the whole thing and trying to introduce oh. red herrings and that do you know what i mean yeah. Steve? what do you think
2: yeah yeah it's kind of it's reminded it me like the, the screen double bluff if you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah you know, where Billy gets arrested at the beginning and then it's not him, but then it is him at the end. And, you know, it, yeah, it was serviceable. It was okay. The performances were all right. But like you say, it's very cheaply shot. It, it did feel like a TV movie in a lot of parts.
0: Um there were a lot of films uh, of this kind being made. Yeah. So Silverstone herself had done the teen thriller, the crush in 1993, which was kind of, one, yeah. of the, one of her early breakout roles. And, uh, but you know, Reese Witherspoon, Drew Barrymore, they were all doing films like this. So there was like yep. fear with Mark. Walker. Fear. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah
0: loads, loads of stuff like that. You know, the young, younger girl getting involved with a guy who's a bit of a bad boy, but you know, is he too bad? You know, kind of thing. Um, uh, yeah, so you got Bill Nunn in there for support as like the shouting captain. I liked yeah. him. He was good. Um, yeah, and, uh, but yeah, it's 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 that same problem with you know most thrillers is the the conclusion is not wholly satisfying, uh, which is a problem for you know um, a thriller. It's more about you know if if you're looking at this film sort of about the characters and about their relationship and stuff, it kind of works on that level, but uh, the the conclusion just you know didn't really work it was kind of the thriller, the you know the the procedural aspect i, mm. I didn't think worked as, as well as it could have now we both we all watched this on prime which is listed mm. as true crime but it comes up as a completely different title which really threw me when i was watching it yeah, it, it sure gave man. the title yeah. dangerous kiss mm. uh, did that? Get,
1: did you guys think that was weird? <laughs> I thought it was very weird. I thought I clicked on the wrong film by mistake. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because the thing yeah. is, you, you get um, you get Alicia Silverstone's and Matt Matt Dillon's name come up. Kevin Kiss of Kelland. Yeah, there you go. Oh, and, and you know what? Nice. I almost call I almost said Matt Damon as well. <laughs> <laughs> so Kevin Dillon's name and the least civilson's name come up. Then you get this title which says Dangerous Kiss. And then you get the rest of the cast. So I wasn't really sort of paying attention. And I saw Dangerous Kiss come up, and then the other cast members are going, "I don't recognise any of these people. Am I watching the right film?" You know. <laughs> um, and I thought, "Oh yeah, no, I did. I did see her name come up earlier." Yeah. And, and Matt Damon, I mean Kevin Gillan, Dylan. But there you go.
0: So I've done a bit of digging, mm. and because I couldn't find any examples of posters with Dangerous Kiss on, they all say mm. True Crime. And mm. mm. what it seems to be is that this is cuz uh, this is the PG-13 edit oh the, the original film was uh, an 18 and if you're watching it thinking well there's not a lot that's 18 rated about what I'm seeing here yeah that's the reason it's even though amazon say it's a, you know it's still listed as an 18 mm, yeah. uh, and a uh, it seems to be that they've uploaded the 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 softer the edit softer the sort of more team friendly version oh, which is uh, from what i can tell because imdb doesn't list it out mm-hmm. uh, it seems to be about 3 minutes shorter i think from, from what the original running time was quoted yeah. as
1: I, 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 was looking... I think that comes from the end you know you know when when he's explaining what he, what happened to the other girl well if you
2: look at i was looking at the imdb before mm. and you know it's got like yeah, what do they call it
1: you didn't read the reviews. The violence.
2: <laughs> no, no, but you got like the violence, the sex, mm. the swearing—you know that mm. kind of thing. Mm. And it was saying, yeah, loads of scenes of the dead bodies and stuff like this. I'm like, not really. Yeah, no, I think mm. that's all. That's
1: all the stuff. You because know, like said, I say, yeah. it's an 18. I, I was thinking, really? There is that scene, isn't there, where, where Bill Nunn sort of lifts the um, lifts the sheet off the corpse. You know, he's trying trying to shock her into into sort of a. Uh, mm. So this is where you get messed up into. Of course, it doesn't show us anything. So, so maybe, yeah, it was those sort of scenes. But, but also, I I think the bit at the end, when when you see that, you know, what actually happened at the murder um, of of the sister, um, I I think that was cut as well Mm
0: because because it looked
1: like that was going to be a bit more sort of graphic as what was going on because it just seems to cut away and sort of yeah anyway.
0: Yeah, and the scenes of. You know, the sexual scenes or whatever, because mm. she's obviously supposed to be a minor and
1: see that you know, that was it was an interesting mm. element as well because um because Alicia Silverson's character has a younger sister. She yeah. looked younger, she looked younger th- than her. And it turns out that she's on the pill as well. And her mum catches her and all that sort of stuff. And, and Alicia Silverson steps in and sort of covers for her. But it's like, yeah, her younger sister is more promiscuous than than, than she is, which is like you a little bit <laughs> kind of
2: yeah acting. but she, she's like the geeky one of the,
1: of yeah, the kids, she right, a, yeah. a,
2: a brother's into a bit of hacking and smoking and she mm. just sits there in a in, in the
1: closet cub, listening yeah. to the police scanner you know yeah. that's her thing well, yeah. yeah
0: she's um she's I, I idolized her father who passed away who was on the that's he was right He's yeah. he a detective mm. Mm. and that's why she keeps going to visit um the police station and whatever and I, I thought it was funny she walks in and starts talking to the guy on the counter and he's just telling her everything <laughs> it's just like yeah, there's this case and there's a thing and there's a weapon and the thing it's like man you've got to keep your mouth shut <laughs> you That's can't it, just yeah. go you can't just go talking about this stuff you know other people might be listening <laughs>
1: That's
0: it. but uh, yeah so it's 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 fine it's serviceable but yeah I, I would have been more interested to revisit a proper um proper 18 rated version of it so I'm, I'm mentioning it more you know it's an interesting conversation point but to also say to anybody listening if you're going to go and check it out beware that it's you know you know it's mm. advertised as mm. the 18 rated version but it's it's not um if you want to find the 18 rated version i guess you've you know the proper one you've probably got to look a bit harder than uh, yeah, Amazon. interesting. I don't yeah. know. It might yeah. not even be available anywhere. What was interesting about this one is it was uh, the wide sc- It was a widescreen uh, version. Uh, when we got it over in originally, obviously we had the pan and scan. Yeah. So that, yeah. that was the version I was expecting to see loaded up. Um, yeah, I'm re- uh, a couple of passing thoughts is uh, in the supporting cast we got Tara Subkoff, who we've we saw in Freeway recently as a supporting Mm -hmm. character. She was also in the Teenage Caveman later and a great little drama called All Over Me. She directed her her first film uh, called uh, Hashtag Horror, which I hadn't heard of until I was, uh, you know, looking it up. And uh, she made that in about 2015. That looks quite interesting. Hasn't come out over here yet, as far as I'm aware. But I'd be interested to check that out. Mm -hmm. Uh, In the cast, there's also Amy Brooks from Critters 3 and Monster Man. Uh, So... It's, it's your typical teen thriller from the mid 90s I would say
1: yeah. yeah I'd agree yeah yeah and, and especially in this sort of uh, slightly you know edited form as well it's um, it's it, it's reasonably suitable for that sort of age bracket as well you know sort of 14 15 year old girls you know that would probably get something out of this quite 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 nicely any other comments for guys or we're gonna wrap up I think you can wrap up yeah. wrap We can up wrap then. up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. so that's the end of the show everyone uh, thank you for listening thank you to Steve and Rich for joining me this evening no
0: problem uh, no problem all.
1: You, you can check us out on um, on Twitter at the DTV Digest and also on Facebook at the DTV Digest or you can get in contact uh, uh, get in contact with us uh, via email at the DTV Digest at gmail.com thank you for listening and tune in again next time